This is the High School Football America podcast for May the 27th, 2020. I'm Jeff Fisher. The High School Football America podcast brought to you by GameStrat America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability, faster speed than Huddle Sideline. Plus, GameStrat has outstanding customer service along with different plans priced right for every coach's budget. Right now, GameStrat offering a $200 discount, and it means it's now cheaper than Huddle Sideline. Plus, GameStrat is making it risk-free. If you make the switch now and there isn't a 2020 season your money will roll right into 2021 no risk and you can't beat that but you have to act by june the 30th get all the information at highschoolfootballamerica.com heading to maryland one of my favorite programs i I, sometimes i get in trouble when i say that but the reason i say that is when you've got people surrounding the coaching staff and the players that that love the program and keep you informed chris conrad always does that he's been doing that with me since i was out in california and i really got to know the falcons really well and last year what a great year for good counsel as they ended number 12 in the nation in the high school football america 100 they play in that uber tough washington catholic athletic conference and heading into his third season andy stefanelli is on the line to talk a little bit about the falcons we're getting closer to football folks and coaches here to talk about uh, what we can expect in 2020 and you notice coach i'm being real positive there because i've been saying this since the beginning there will be a season welcome to the show Thank you, Jeff. Uh, I'm with you on that. I'm certainly excited and ready for some football. Yeah, no doubt about it. And what we've been doing on the podcast is trying to talk a lot of football. At the end, we'll ask a little bit about what you're doing to keep everybody connected there. But um, with with that being said, let's just kind of dive into last year first, because, you know, what a season. And we, we've always talked, we've had you or some of your comrades in the in the conference there on. It is not an easy conference to play in, but it was a super year. So now with uh, whatever it's been, five, six months underneath your belt there, looking back on it, how special was the, the 2019 season for you guys? Uh, it was incredibly special. It was just, you know, great. Uh, you have know, a lifetime full of memories just through that season and how it ended, uh, especially for our seniors. You know, that was a really special group of uh, seniors for us. They uh, they had come in when uh, I was still the uh, freshman JV head coach. So we coached them as freshmen on our JV team. And then they transitioned with me to varsity as I took over for Coach Malloy. Um, and so they, you know, that, that was the end of the third season. And, uh, uh, so we, we kind of unique. We had coached them for all four years mm-hmm. as first as JV players and three years on varsity, at least most of them. And, uh, to finish it the way we did in a thrilling game, you know, against, a you know, great, uh, opponent, St. John's, uh, just was uh, really special. And, uh, just, uh, you know, we just got the rings, uh, about three, four weeks ago. Uh, and we, we had to, uh, we had to <laughs> deliver them by uh, hand, hand delivered. We couldn't have a ceremony. Uh, so we handed them out to the coaches and the coaches went all over the state, uh, delivering rings, but, uh, it was special. No, and, and boy, we've been hearing a whole lot of those stories, and maybe the the lack of a big ring ceremony made it a little bit more special. Andy Stefanelli is on the line. Good counsel out of Olney, Maryland. Uh, they have spent a lot of time in the high school football America 100 through the years. And and coach, uh, let's let's you know talk about you know a couple of things still staying staying back in that area. Uh, specifically, what I wanted to know about you and, and the staff you put together. You you know the program well. You you talk about it all the time. You know you followed a legend there but you, you you wanted to get the, the the program to a different level where you where are you in that goal process obviously a championship last year does help right <laughs> get you on track 
Well, yeah, that, uh, the first step was, you know, uh, we had had a lot of success here, but the first step was, you know, certainly our goal was to win, win a conference championship. Uh, you know, the other things that come along are kind of icing on the cake. Uh, we love what you do in the High School Football America polls and rankings and certainly want to be, you know, somewhere you know, in that top 100, as close to the top as we can be. But really for us, it's the, it was to concentrate on getting back to uh, playing and winning championships in our league. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, with our league, as you mentioned, being so competitive, if you're doing that, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be up there in the rankings too. But mm-hmm. uh, So that was the first goal. We wanted to <clears throat> kind of get back to a national uh, prompt, a national prominence uh, and, and, and travel more. And, and some of the travel is really just for the experience for, the, for our players, our student athletes, to, uh, to get to experience different things, different parts of the country. So we kind of jumped into that right away and kind of looked at that as a way to kind of strengthen ourselves for our conference play. And uh, while there's some bumps in the road along the ways when you take some, some, some losses or some tough games, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it, it certainly I thought it helped prepare us uh, for our our for the first three years we're fairly healthy going into the playoffs, and that uh, that I think is what pushed us over the edge last year. Yeah, and for those of you listening around the country and not familiar with the Washington Catholic Athletic Conference, uh, I'll just give you the names here just so you know. You, you, you've, you've got Gonzaga, you've got your arch rival, DeMatha, St. John's, as you mentioned. Uh, we'll throw in Bishop McNamara there as well. Um, you, you guys just play, you know, you play each other, you beat up on each other in the regular season. Then you probably, if you're going to win a championship, you're going to face everybody twice going through as that happens. So tell the people around the nation what it's like to be in the Washington Catholic athletic conference because you got to hide a few things in that first round of, of the games right before you get to the playoffs sandbag them a little bit well yeah it's crazy well the you know the competition uh you know the talent level here in the washington dc area uh and we kind of even we touch into baltimore too um is 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 phenomenal and uh the level of coaching i think is is you know second to none. So when you combine the coaching and the emphasis that we put on on our student athletes and on in this case on football, um, it's just a really competitive environment. <clears throat> you know the 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 schools at our conference, uh, you know they we recruit student athletes to our schools. We're private schools, so um, so the, it's it's kind of like a mini college setting academically and athletically you know they'd have to get admitted to the school uh and they have to take a, a what we call a psat which is a mini i'm sorry a hspt which is a mini sat in essence uh to get into the schools you know we have to go through the transcripts so it's really a competitive process just to be admitted to these schools um and so you get great players and really good coaching and um and then of course as you mentioned we play each other uh, and then the top four teams go to the playoffs. So there's only five of us. <laughs> so one guy's left out there. Then we turn around and play each other again. So you will play two of the three a second time. Uh, and that's within a few weeks of the first game because we play our, our, our conference schedule towards the latter part of the season. Uh, so it's a grueling schedule. Most of us play very competitive out of conference schedules as well. And then you roll right into the schedule where you go through what we call the gauntlet. And if you're lucky enough to survive that, you get, you know, the reward is you got to turn around and do it again in the playoffs. So there's a little strategy in it, but, you know, we're all competitive. And, you know, we go into those games, all we're thinking about is seeding and beating a rival. You know, there are all these games 
are huge rivalry games. DeMath is certainly a big one for us, but so is Gonzaga St. John's and, and even McNamara to an extent. And so you have these big rivalry games uh, that everybody wants to win. You know, so you can't take that out of it. So you're going in there and trying. You don't want to show them everything, but you want to win. Yes. <laughs> so you end up doing what you got to do to win the game and figure we'll deal with the playoffs later. And so it's, it's a really a special conference to, uh, to, to be able to coach and play in. Yeah, and uh, that SOS, strength of schedule, comes into play, especially in the rankings. Uh, last year, the Falcons, number 12 in America, and uh, Andy Stefanelli heading into his third season. We're going to get to the, the kids on the 2020 season in just a second, Coach. But uh, one of the questions I had for you, and I probably should have backed this up when I ask you where you are on the goal of everything, is, uh, as you said, you've come up through the system, right? But uh, an HC at the at the varsity level, a little bit different. You're a little bit more like a CEO, right, and, and all that. Uh, uh, where do you think you've improved the much? Uh, the most uh, during the, the 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 last three years because I'm sure there's a learning curve there for you right even though you you had a head coaching job at the lower levels of the program. Yeah, there's uh, there's more you know there's just more to it right. It's the job's the same in terms of on the field it's not that much different from coaching at a lower level, um, but it's everything else. You know, it's the it's the as you, you were mentioning before in your uh, little uh, bit before we started, you know, you have all this technology you have to manage in terms of how you're going to film a game and who's going to do it and the media and who's podcasting or who's, who's streaming the game and, um, you know, getting sideline passes and things like that that you don't really have to deal with, certainly at the JV level, freshman level, but you, so you're dealing with that. You have a much larger coaching staff. Um, the administration, of course, takes a much greater interest in what you're doing. And so there's just a lot more eyes on you. So I think uh, the one thing I think the area we've improved in is just getting better at managing that mm-hmm. um, and, and having systems in place. As we've gone along, we've just put more systems in place thoroughly to help me manage those various things that are really, you know, they're related, but they're not related. Because at the end of the day, you still want to, you know, we all do this as coaches because we love coaching and we love we're working with the kids. And so that's what I want to get to and spend as much time uh, doing as I want to, I want to spend my time coaching and less time dealing with the other stuff. So the, but you have to deal with the other stuff. <laughs> so yeah. you just figure out a way to manage all of that and still be able to enjoy the coaching. And I think, so far, I've been able to do that. You know, at the end of the day, I'm coaching a lot. I'm very actively involved with, you know, with the hands-on coaching part of it. And I hope not to lose that, you know, because I've seen guys go through that where, hey, I'm a head coach, but I'm not, I don't feel like I'm coaching anymore. And I don't want to get to that point. I always want to be, you know, in there with the kids. I love the kids. I love coaching uh, and being around the, the, the kids and, and working with them and seeing them improve. And, you know, again, uh, you know, when, when you've ultimately uh, you know, achieve your goal and are able to win a championship, that's, that's even better, you know, cause you get to see those kids fulfill a dream. Um, but, but sometimes even, but when you don't, you, then you see them, you know, they move on to college and they come back and tell you, a lot of great things and experiences they had in high school uh, playing for you, even if they didn't get a championship. And that's really the reward. And uh, so I think just trying to keep on top of everything else so that I can continue to do what I love to do. Coaching profession is the best, as I tell people, wherever I go. 
you've, uh, if you're one of those fans that uh, runs your yap too much, you don't understand what these guys do. Andy Stefanelli is on the line, head coach at Good Counsel, and now we can get a little bit more excited, flip that switch over to the, the 2020 version of the, the Falcons. One of the beauty, beautiful things, right, about uh, high school football is you get into the locker room there and in the weight room in, in January, I should say, and now you got a, a new speech, right? It's a whole new year. You lost some, you got some coming back. Uh, what were some of the goals that you set for yourselves to, to kind of get yourselves ready for the 2020 season? I'm sure it wasn't get ready for COVID. It was to get ready for some actual well, football. <laughs> yeah, just uh, before all that happened, you know, we were just kind of, as we normally do, back in our, we have a phenomenal strength staff. They were three days a week, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the weight room. They were doing speed and agility work and then an hour in the, in the weight room. Uh, you know, 50, 60 guys in there. You know, the only kids aren't in there are guys playing winter sports. Uh, and as we were just kicking off the spring season and then everything changed. But uh, so it's really about, you know, kind of the message has been, hey, guys, it was great. We won the championship. But we graduated a lot of guys. And so the it's now like, hey, it's time for some of you younger guys to step up. And, uh, you know, it's open competition. And, and we don't want to make last year just, hey, it was great and it's a one-time thing. Your job is now to carry it forward. And I think some of our leaders, you know, our rising seniors are kind of taking that uh, kind of as a badge of honor. And, hey, you know, we're, our job is now to carry it forward and not, not just be satisfied with, a, you know, winning a championship, but we want to continue and get back, you know. And so that's really kind of was the mindset. Uh, and it still is, you know, COVID happened and we haven't been able to see our players uh, up close and personal, but uh, I do talk to them a lot. And I can tell you from, uh, you know, our, our rising senior leadership, that's kind of been the theme is, you know, we got this coach. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I keep saying to coaches, uh, in some ways, not that we wanted this to happen, but you can definitely see leadership develop, especially when you can't be together. So let's get into that. I I know good council football is all about up front, right? Uh, No doubt about that. I know you you got a couple of players up there. I haven't seen the entire roster yet, but I know you got a good one coming back. And I think there's also a junior that I've noticed in in some of the national rankings and all that. Tell me a little bit about uh, what you have up front. uh, And we'll kind of walk our way through back into the talent on the in the backfield skill positions and then go to the defensive side but start up front what do you got well yeah, it, starts, it all starts with Landon Tangwall our offensive tackle uh, com, uh, committed to Penn State uh, during this period uh, with COVID and uh, he uh, he's you know, a 6'6 300 pound just a phenomenal player uh, but really a, a, a true leader um, and you know, we, we're bringing back uh, all but two uh, starters uh, from our offense last year, uh, and and it's very unusual. But you know, our our best leader on offense uh, last season was our left tackle, um, and uh, that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> usually, you know, it's somebody else on the team. It's not usually an offensive line lineman. Uh, but we had a very young offensive line last year. Uh, he was the only returning starter. Everybody else was either a, uh, you know, a new starter as a sophomore. I mean, a couple of kids that had transferred in that were new to the program and never started before either. Um, so we had this huge learning curve, and then we had this, you know, real high recruit, five-star guy, returning starter, and then all these pups <laughs> kind of around them, you know. And <laughs> and it would have been very easy for Landon to just say, "Hey, I got this. I got my offers. I'm just going to do my thing." And instead, he 
he really helped shepherd those kids. He took them under his wing, you know, and he, he didn't just love them up though. He pushed them and he got on them when he needed to. And then he gave them a hug when, when they needed it. And you know, it took us a couple weeks early in the season to get it figured out. But once that line kind of got it and gelled, uh, they really led our offense, uh, to become pretty efficient, certainly in the run game, um, to help lead us, you know, in, down the down the stretch there. So it starts with him. Having him back uh, is is, is going to be you know great. And then through that process, Xavier Ricks, who played next to him, uh, you know, as a junior, is now going to be a senior. He's picking up a lot of steam with with uh, college recruiting. Uh, he's a great player too now. Um, and he's providing us a lot of leadership there. So, yeah, we went from no experience to now return bringing the entire offensive line back for next year. Uh, so we're real excited about that. Uh, we graduate a great running back, Savion Wilkerson, but we have two more uh, who will be seniors, Sean Aaron uh, and Leger Hatcher. We had a three backfield rotation last year. Um, and so now those two step in, and then we have some younger backs behind them that'll kind of fill in those gaps, and uh, we'll kind of continue with uh, you know multi running back approach uh, uh, on offense. Um, so those are a couple of guys uh, there. We've got uh, for the first time, I think ever, and uh, certainly in my career at Good Council, uh, we have multiple tight ends. Uh, we have Josh Jennings, who's a rising junior. Uh, and we have a, a, a kid named Davis Sherwood who has transferred in mid-year, uh, who will play some H-back tight end for us. Uh, and then Trace Campbell, who played some quarterback and then what moved him wide receiver and played some wildcat quarterback in the championship. Uh, he's going to play some H-back tight end and wide receiver for us on offense and play a lot of defense as well. Um, and then, of course, we have Miles Cross, who is our other returning starter, another leader on our team. Uh, he's our big play receiver. Uh, he's coming back, and he has a lot of offers uh, currently and uh, is another kid who leads by example. Um, and so he's a big-time receiver. So he'll lead our receiving core along with Jalen Dotson, who is going to be a, a slot receiver and probably our, our number one corner on defense uh, next year. Uh, so we're going to take some of those returning guys on offense and move a few of them around and get them playing a little more defense. Um, and then on the defensive side, we have Ronell McCorn, uh, who's coming back, uh, defense been with 15 sacks last year. Um, and he's going to lead that core. Uh, and then our defense, yeah, we graduated 10 of 11 on the defensive <laughs> side of the ball. So, Oops. uh, yeah, so we had a lot of seniors last year and a lot of real good ones. But what people don't always know about is we have a lot of, we have a really, really good, what was a sophomore class, rising juniors, um, with a lot of kids that are really talented that played, and a lot of them started on special teams, and we put a big emphasis on that in our program. Um, and they got spot duty and playing time and maybe some role play, uh, you know, and whether it was nickel packages or whatnot. But they weren't the name guys. They weren't making a lot of plays, maybe uh, getting a lot of stats, but they were certainly getting experience. They're ready, you know, and we're banking that they're going to be ready. Um, uh, as I mentioned, Praise Campbell is going to start at our our buck linebacker position, which was uh, Mitchell Melton last year, is off to Ohio State. Um, and David Sherwood's going to play. Uh, we have Gary Bryant, a young up and coming linebacker we're real excited about. Uh, 
and you know we've got as I mentioned Jalen Dotson playing corner, and but we got some other really good young players. They just haven't you know they haven't done it yet. So uh, unfortunately with COVID. We didn't get the spring seven-on-seven period you know, to work with some of those defensive backs and stuff uh, on the field, doing stuff remotely, but not on the field. Um, and we're just hoping we can get them up to speed quickly. Uh, but we're, we're actually very excited. As you mentioned, coaching is a phenomenal profession. It's like you lose all those kids. It was so great having all those seniors. But after about a month of kind of feeling sorry for yourself <laughs> that all those kids are gone to college, uh, you get excited about the next crop. And we're like, hey, we've got a lot of good players here. Yeah, and it's the challenge, can we get them ready? So we're super excited about what our defense can evolve into. Yeah, it's like I said, it's the beauty of high school football. It changes every year, no doubt about it. Andy Stephanelli right. on. We're talking good council football as we come to the end here. A couple more questions for you, Coach. We appreciate your time. Um, before we get to the schedule, you know what? I And I always try to throw a, a COVID or two question in here, and you made me think of one uh, that I haven't asked yet, so I'm going to ask you this, which is we all know the importance of, of a staff, right? They're, they're the backbone. You get all the credit. You get all the wins. You get all the harassing to if you if you don't get the job done but I was just curious and it came to my mind I would think during this time of being away it's really important for the staff right because you can't contact each and every kid I know you said you're trying to but tell me a little bit about uh, how the assistants have helped you out during this time of separation yeah well I'm very fortunate uh, to have a phenomenal coaching staff Um you know, with, we're we're about twenty strong, and uh, with, get some with names in there too. We don't want to tick anybody off, so get some names in. <laughs> yeah, well, Sal Gorgoni, my uh, defensive coordinator, uh, one of the best in the country. Uh, uh, yeah, so he really runs the defense for me. I mean, he's my assistant head coach, so he that takes a lot of stress uh, off of my plate. Certainly, um, uh, Kevin McFadden, our defensive line coach. Uh, also handles and that really helps me tremendously with our college recruiting, uh, helping our kids get placed, uh, does a great job. Uh, J.D. Knoll kind of rounds up our secondary with Josh Pleasant. And, uh, you know, we just have a great, great staff there on the defensive side. Offense, I'm blessed with three offensive line coaches, uh, led by Dave Medeiros and Matt Stein and Brett Valenta. I mean, those guys do a great job. Um, you know, there, and then I brought up, uh, Sean Strip Matter and, uh, who was a JV coach for us last year to kind of help me with the quarterbacks and, and help run the offense, uh, along with my longtime, uh, assistant, uh, Walter Ryan. And, uh, so we've, we've got a great staff and those guys, what they've done, um, is, you know, they took the, they, they didn't sit back. They jumped in right away. And as you know, most of these guys, you know, this is just a part-time gig for them. Uh, and what they've done is, you know, they, they, hey, what, what can we do? How can we help? And so they've been reaching out. Eric Alley, my running back coach, does it consistently with the backs. They're always contacting the kids. We're having Zoom meetings, but then they're having private text conversations. And it's not all football. You know, checking on how they're doing in school, you know, where are they having any problems if they are uh, struggling in any classes. As you know, I mean, this whole – uh, distance learning that we call it is, is totally radically different than being in the classroom setting. And so, uh, you know, one of the challenges is how do we stay up? How do we know if they're falling behind in a class? Mm-hmm. So they may, sometimes our coaches get more information, uh, than, you know, maybe a teacher will get, you know, so we use that, Hey coach, so-and-so might be struggling in math. Well, let's get to a teacher and find out how we can resolve that. So they've been phenomenal and really, 
eager to do it. You know, not, it's not like I had to call them and ask them. They were texting and calling me, what do you need me to do, coach? So very fortunate. Yeah, no. Like I said, takes a takes a village there. Uh, Andy Stefanelli, uh, very successful in his uh, first couple of years, heading into year three with uh, with the Falcons, and uh, or is it four? Did I get it right? It was just this will be, we just finished three. Oh, three. Okay. Yeah, yep. we All just right. finished third, so this will be the fourth. I'm getting old, you know. Memories memories failing a little bit, but anyway, <laughs> we we cleaned that up for you. But anyway, uh, one one more COVID question, and and this has always has gotten a couple of different answers. So I'm curious what you think because you know you, you're going to have a wide spectrum of kids when you finally get to that first meeting right where you're all sitting down before you hit the field it's going to be all kinds of things are going to change a little bit but there's a message that you're going to have to send out there and you're going to have kids right on all ends of the spectrum meaning you're going to have that kid that's going to be like a cage lion right he wants to go out there and, and just get back after it and then you might have some kids that are you know maybe sitting around or hearing people talk about all the scary stuff that's being said in the news and all that so you're going to have a, a wide array of people there what, what's the message to the kids to know that a safety is first but you know we we, we hear you and and but we've got to get back to to playing this game that we love do you have a have you thought of that one yet what the message will be uh well you know since we, we don't have dates yet of when we can get back to you know even doing training and, and that type of stuff for kids i haven't gotten that far into it but that you bring up a good point uh with that and you know my gut reaction to that is just like you said the first thing will be the hope guys Here's all the safety precautions. And again, I don't know what they all are yet, but once we obviously will know at that point, Hey, here are all the things that we're doing to safeguard you against any, you know, any risks as best we can. Um, and here's the protocol and here's the things that you guys are going to have to do, um, to protect each other and everyone around us. Um, and kind of, I think you're right. You kind of have to probably talk through that with them to get them comfortable. And then once we've gotten to that point, that's like, okay, but you know what? we got a job to do and it's time to go. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have to keep all these other things in place. But at the end of the day, we're still going to practice. We're still going to lift weights. We're still, however we have to change or adapt to do it, we're going to do it and we're going to be successful. And we're going to, you know, and I've have talked to them in our zoom meetings about, you know, the guys that the teams that come out of this strong, that don't let this affect them, don't let them get them down collectively are going to be the ones that are successful, you know, and, and a lot of these kids, especially for those rising seniors, you know, they've already been impacted by this. They don't want it to ruin or have a negative impact on their senior season. And, you know, there's some, you know, obviously a lot of them are worried that they're even going to have a senior season. So I think from that, the one upside out of all of it is we're going to have a group of kids that are eager to play, eager to get coached. And I think eager to follow whatever the guidelines are, because they want, they don't want to lose at this. You know, they want to have it, and uh, and they want to be successful. So, yeah. I think we're going to, you know, somehow turn into a positive for our team. I think so, and I think you're right. Whoever you know goes comes out strong is is going to be the better team uh, come the end of the season. Uh, last question: uh, the one thing you're not being safe about is what you're never safe about, which is a non-league schedule. We've already talked about <laughs> the the conference schedule. Uh, you got uh, you're at St. Joe's Regional up in Jersey. That's your opener, so that's a cupcake for you guys. You got uh, in state yeah. a very tough Mount St. Joseph, uh, very good there. You got uh, let's see, you're going to let's see DC. You got friendship, and oh, then I, I've heard of this place, three IMG in Florida, uh, and then of course the the WCAC. So, uh, what do you think of your schedule? It, it's definitely not safe. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you know, uh, I, I appreciate the compliments on my coaching, but uh, you know, the uh, 
scheduling part of it. Maybe I'm, uh, I'm leaving some uh, <laughs> to be desired there. Uh, we um, we just take the approach that you know, we play in what we think is one, certainly one of the toughest leagues in the country. And so we want to challenge ourselves. We want the experience, uh, whether it's travel or a local team. Uh, we want to play the best teams. Uh, we feel it really makes us better. Um, it makes our, our players better. And, and frankly, our kids get motivated to play those great teams. Um, and whether it's, a, you know, whether it's a travel game or a team coming to us, it's just really cool to get out there and, and see another really well-coached team. And you can tell. When they get off the bus, how they behave, how they the coaching staff uh, responds and acts, I mean, you just know, okay, this is going to be this is going to be special today or tonight, you know, and and that's what you play for and that's what you coach for. So we go into those games and certainly you're nervous and you don't want to get beat by 30, uh, and you know you could, uh, but that's also what get, gets your juices pumping and that's what you know keeps us in those coaching coaches meetings till 10 o'clock at night getting ready for those games and, and, you know, the, whatever national spotlight, whether it's high school football, America covering it or, or whatnot, it just, it gets your juices flowing. So, and it helps our kids, you know, they, they love it. They, they, that's part of why they come to our school. They want to play in games like that. So for us, it's kind of what we do. It's part of uh, who we are and, and, and we take a lot of pride in it. And yeah, we might not have, you know, we may not go undefeated ever, but that's okay. You know, I'll take a loss to a St. John Bosco uh, if I think it makes our team better in the long run. And, uh, uh, and we'll play those kind of teams every year. And I think we're proving that. Duck, no one. I will give a, a compliment here. You don't have to react to this. I, I, I haven't had a chance to actually even put this on the podcast since it happened. But the one thing that I am, uh, when it comes to Coach Stefanelli and his staff, the professionalism of it, they were down here in Georgia a couple of years ago against Marietta. And I've seen, uh, I don't know, I'm above 15, 1,600 games in person, and it was the worst officiated game I had ever seen in my life. I believe the uh, the, the penalties were 27 for good counsel, two for Marietta. They got home down here in Georgia, which happens a lot. And that staff was so professional you guys could have exploded i think i was exploded i didn't even have a horse in the race but anyway <laughs> I, I, coach stefanelli has has a good staff there that does that so again don't react coach i just had to say it even two years later it still ticks me off now we go on to the last <laughs> question which is what are the what are the boxes that you guys have to check when we do get back to football what are some of the things you talked about the obviously young on defense but what are the boxes you guys are looking at right now to check going into 2020 well, yeah, so it's going to be, you know, uh, we can't assume that offense just, you know, just, you know, splash some water on it and poof, you got your offense back. So we've got work to do on that side of the ball, too. But we have a lot of kids coming back. Uh, so it's defense. You know, kind of right now, one of the things we've lost in the spring is that eva- spring evaluation period, uh, especially with young players on that side of the ball, trying to figure out kind of, you know, where the pieces fit. We know we've got good talent. Just where do they fit? Um, so that's going to be the first thing is trying to do a quick – evaluation period in camp um, that we didn't get in the spring to kind of see where they all kind of fit together. Um, and then of course do all of our install and all that stuff. But uh, so I think that's the first step for us is, is evaluating our young talent to make sure, you know, as coaches, you know, you can have good players. If you don't know, get them in the right spots, 
uh, you're not such a great coach all of a sudden. So we got to make sure we get them in the right places and that they are fundamentally sound and, and know their positions. Uh, we think we've been doing a pretty good job of that through our you know, virtual meetings this spring. We'll see how much they retain <laughs> when we get them on the field, but we're hoping they retain at least a good portion of it. Um, and then we can really get into our drill work. I think the key is going to be if these kids really studied and really have the, the, the schemes down so that we can try to make them ground with the fundamentals. Because at the end of the day, it's high school football, and you got to block people and you have to tackle people in our game. And so we've got to make sure that we've got them prepared to do that so that you know, we, I think we take pride that we're a fundamentally sound football team. And so we have to have that. And that as many weeks as it takes us to get, we're going to do that. It means simplifying things schematically. We will do that. But you know, we want to be able to block and tackle people and, uh, and, and be sound before we try to do anything else. So that's going to be kind of our – uh, 2020 mission is to see if we can, you know, consolidate all that in a couple of weeks of camp, and and still come out looking somewhat like a uh, a, a typical good council football team. <laughs> well, coach, thank you so much uh, taking time out of your busy schedule, folks. Uh, coach uh, also runs his own business, so uh, he's a football coach runs his own business. He's got a busy schedule. He took time to to talk about his team and his players, and we appreciate that, coach. Can't wait to see you guys back on the field. Best of luck. I know there's going to be a 2020, and uh, we wish you nothing but success this year. Jeff, thanks. It's always a pleasure talking to you, and keep doing what you're doing. It's great for high school football. And that's today's High School Football America podcast brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability, faster speed than huddle, plus GameStrat has awesome customer service along with different plans priced right for every coach's budget. And right now, GameStrat is offering a discount of up to 200 bucks, which means it's cheaper than Huddle Sideline. Plus, GameStrat is making its offer risk-free. If you make the switch now, and there isn't a 2020 season, your money will roll right into 2021. No risk, and you can't beat that. But you do have to act by June 30th. To get a demo, go to GameStrat.com or click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. You've been listening to the High School Football America podcast, and I'm Jeff Fisher.